You're listening to WNJT, NPR station, 88.1 FM in Trent, New Jersey. And next, on our lineup, you'll listen to the Stream of Random podcast, which has been specially sponsored by Amazon.com. Amazon has been destroying local businesses since 1994, and they have no intention of stopping. So support the destruction of local mom-and-pop shops and go buy Amazon.com today. And now for our featured content. Hey, hey, hey. It's Mikey Mike and the Funky Bunch. How you guys doing? This is a stream of random for the 1st of August, 2021. And my birthday's coming up soon. If you want to send me birthday wishes, go ahead. Today's episode will be dedicated to the idea of complex systems. I've been listening to a podcast on the New Books Network in mathematics that covers the book, What is a Complex System? by James Ladyman and Kay Weissner. Yale University Press, 2020. I'm only halfway through. They're talking about beehives making decisions in groups. This prompted my research to Google fungus mycorrhizal networks, complex systems, decision-making. We're talking about decisions being made by trees networked together with fungus, or decisions being made by fungus collectively as a brain, collecting all this information around it. The research... It's quite deep. I opened up a whole can of worms here, and I'm sure you'll be hearing more about it as we go. I don't have any conclusions yet. I'll put a link to their podcast in the show, and maybe I'll include some clips. But the things that I remember from listening so far, well, we're talking about memory, and how the memory of the system is disconnected from the reality. So you have a complex system that stores information about the outside world in its own free manner, that's completely not directly connected with the outside. And that is like the dream world, for example, or any other types of information that may be encoded in the beehive, etc. And it explains so much. These grudges that you see between groups of people, these myths that don't have to be connected with reality. They can't just be myths, but they're stored in the system as a memory, like different mistrusts between peoples. And basically, this whole idea of complex systems is intertwined with that of the Turing machines, or the Girdle number, the game of life. And they said that the study of complex systems has also evolved since the invent of computers, because we're able to actually calculate. Uh, they didn't have that before. So the game of life from Conway is also a Turing-complete system, where you represent the world is a two-dimensional array of bits. We've talked about this before. And then you have simple rules that say whether... There's like four or five different rules that are evaluated that determine if a certain cell will remain on, will live, or die. If it's overcrowded by its neighbors, it'll die. If it's completely alone on its own, it'll die. Only if there's a certain amount of neighbors in the neighboring area will it survive. And there's certain structures that will persist, and if you have a certain starting state, you can actually reach some unpredictable results, some chaotic results that are completely not foreseen. And this is like one of the areas of study that you can create Turing machines, complete Turing machines inside 
of the game of life. And you can have a Turing machine that simulates a Turing machine inside of the game of life, etc. You can get arbitrary complex. We talk about nested systems. It's really a great uh, podcast to listen to for geeks like me. I'm enjoying it very much. So I downloaded this program called Zotero, which is like a research manager. It allows you to snapshot websites and find PDFs for files. It's quite nice. It's for managing research, bibliographies, and I'm going to continue practicing using org mode for Emacs to do my show notes. And you noticed for yesterday's show, I didn't transcribe anything. I just put show notes for the topics that we covered because I can't go and transcribe the whole thing. I can barely listen to them. Damn, I was just recording. So let me just reiterate what's been going on in my life. Today we went to Living History Farm, the Howell Living History Farm, and they had a steam tractor ride. Well, there was a 4-H fair there, and they had the steam tractor ride. And um, the steam tractor ran on wood fire and water. It doesn't require any electronics. And Grandma was saying how the Amish people or Amish people were allowed to use those, but they weren't allowed to use diesel tractors. And I was thinking, that makes sense, because if you have an EMP blast, you know, you don't need a third party, you don't need the Western society to get wood and water. You're completely self-reliant if you allow such technologies in your society. But as soon as you allow diesel, then you become dependent upon the entire Western society and all of its quirks. So that makes good sense not to allow that. We went on a ride, and we saw the magic show, and they had an animal show, and they even had a technology. They had robots. One of the 4-H had a bunch of uh, kids. They they had robots and so forth, 3D printers or pre-cuts. But they completely ignored us. They didn't want to show us anything. I had to, like, ask them, like, what does this do? And they gave us a half-hearted explanation, and they went back to eating biryani. I guess they were hungry. It was lunchtime. We got them at the, at the wrong time. But I'm feeling quite empowered with this editing, as I mentioned. So today, in terms of notes, it's going to be a huge amount of, of links and notes. This footbridge, this footbridge now has a Pokestop, which is kind of neat, kind of weird. I posted a map of the known Pokestops, and there's quite the collection of them at the grounds for sculpture. Like every single sculpture has a Pokestop. It's pretty insane. So the Howell Living History Museum is a farm, and they have horses and pigs and sheep. And the 4-H is a community organization that promotes farms, and they have, like, a fair. They have prizes for best rabbit and best sheep. And they give kids an opportunity to learn to show their animals. We had a pony ride. My kid loved the pony ride. And we had um, we got some hamburgers, and they had a steam-powered ice cream maker, which was pretty cool. And I was just thinking about when I saw the guys running security, and it was Mercer County Park Rangers, I was just thinking, it just clicked in my head that the county government is really the leftovers of the British Empire. That this whole structure, we talk about complex systems, like the government is a complex system, and it's also multi-layered, like they said, recursive, with the government and the government and the government, and organization structures, it has a memory. Um, as a nonlinear response, they said, like, it's really quite interesting to think about governments as complex and as a history, but I think that the history of these governments are also a history of the domination and the success of the people 
and even if they overthrew the British in name, they still kept their structure. So if the previous structure that was overthrown was completely different, then our structure would also be different. It's not like it was destroyed and rebuilt from scratch. There might have been a revolution, but at this history farm, we saw continuity of the European or British or whatever it was, Howell, sounds like a British name, the British legacy from the 1700s or whenever they came over. I'll have to include some show notes. Get ready for some research. I got a phone call from a good friend, my old buddy, childhood friend, and he was driving by the bridge over the Delaware. I'm like, that's where I live. He's like, oh, really? Yeah, I said, just stop over. He's like, I can't stop. But it was funny how he called me in the mil- in the moment that he called me in the very moment that he was driving by my house. I thought that was an interesting coincidence. It shows you somehow how our minds work. People are busy with their own things, but yeah, he's moving to Ecuador to live in the mountains. So I wish him all the best. And I gave him a link to our podcast. I told him to listen. So I hope he hears hears this. God speak. He said he's taking some of my tips on not bringing all of his stuff with him. He's putting it into storage so that he doesn't want to carry a huge load of stuff. I'm going to go minimalistic, which makes good sense. I told him to sell his bicycles. You're not going to put those in storage. They might get rusty and come back in five years. You might as well sell them and you can transporting them halfway across the state, halfway across the country to your storage location. But even if he decides to come back, at least he won't need all that stuff. Yeah, I'm not going to have dogs barking their heads off on this show. So no cars and no dogs continuously barking. If I can have anything to pause or edit that out. It was raining today or drizzling. Relatively cold, so that's good. Oh, and we also started to apply the wood chips to the garden. And um, I'm following the fungus idea of ripping up the major root structures of the plants that I want to get rid of because they feed the other feed the other plants. So I ended up digging up. So in grass, you'll see like one or two huge grass plants and a lot of smaller ones. So the big grass clumps... I dug up and I shook them out because I know that that's where the mycorrhizal networks live and then they feed the other plants. But all this editing and reduction has been helpful for me to get a control or handle on what we're doing here. I was always putting it off saying, oh, one day, one day I'll hire someone to edit my show. Now I realize that my show is never going to be good enough that someone's going to want to edit it until I edited it myself, that maybe there's not enough interest in just completely random points of view with no structure at all. And that gets into the theory of random numbers. Like, how do you know, even if we do have a good point, how do we know why we have that point? Is it just we lucked out? Or did something drive us there? So this kind of gets into the question of intent and purpose. And it's more than just having some intent, let's say, because if you look at the quality standards and the GMP standards, it's not enough to have a procedure for your quality. You actually have to be driven by a scientific model and have to be able to prove why you're following this particular path. You can't just follow it and say, oh yeah, this is okay, because this is what we did before. You actually have to prove that you're following it for a particular reason for a model and that you're acting based on risk based on knowledge and science and facts. 
So talking about the show itself, as I said, is not that interesting. Production notes and so forth. It's secondary. Primary subject of today is complex theory. But this show is a complex system in of its own. In a way, it's a complex interaction between people, between the listeners and me, your host, and between me and the world. But I don't know if it's a complex system. That's part of a complex. It touches on different complexes. Okay, well, let's listen to some more. Spontaneous organization is one of the key factors of a complex that it will reorganize or organize itself on its own in a way that's not foreseen or planned. And this is also gives rise to conspiracy theory that the this and that are um, caused by some agent, the Illuminati, the fungus, or whatever. And we all know that this whole fungus theory of mine is also a synthetic conspiracy theory. But now we're reaching the limits and the commonality between these different self-organizations. So here's the definition. Complex systems are networks made of a number of components that interact with each other, typically in a nonlinear fashion. Complex systems may arise and evolve through self-organization such that they are neither completely regular nor completely random, permitting the development of emergent behavior at macroscopic scales. All right. So I was just thinking that this complex system called life has so many different it has so many different um, parts to it, and that it might be like the Uber system that spawns all these other systems, and they're all just part of a bigger, more complex system, you know. And the planet Earth might just be bigger, part of a bigger, more complex system. And this is what we had with this whole theory of the fungus, the intergalactic fungus. So, look, they got a camera right up there staring at the whiteboard. That's funny recording anyone who writes on that whiteboard. That's new. Actually, I never noticed all these cameras everywhere. There's cameras everywhere. Okay. They're going into all types of information theory as being a statistical probability, the chance of something happening, as the definition of information. It's talking about manipulation of decoupled representations of external things to make decisions. That sounds like math. <clears throat> abstractions or decoupled, not directly connected to the outside world, which are being manipulated following certain rules to then so answer questions or solve problems. Can you say algebra and other systems? Ant colonies? All right, guys. I just made it to level 35. Just made it to level 35 in Pokemon Go. So enough of this insanity. It's like, why do I even care? What's the point of it so what's happening with you guys? I haven't asked that in a while. I don't really hear from my listeners very often anymore, except one listener. But we're not going to lament that. The reason I don't hear from my listeners is because no one's listening. Because they don't want to hear me heavy breathing, and I'm not respecting their time. I mean, that's the feedback that I've gotten from so many people. They want to see the, the dancing clown. Well, I'm going to dance for you. The guy was saying on this complex systems talk that computer systems... But people participate in a system even if they don't share the goals. And the goals of the computer systems are the replacement of all social interactions with the computer. The mediation. That every interaction that we have will be mediated by a computer. Well, it's not going to happen with the uh, Amish people or Amish people, let me tell you. And um, some people ask me, well, why do you say Amish when we say Amish? Well, it's also part of the vowel shift. I actually have to look up, is it pronounced with a long or short A? 
I always thought it was. I think in German it's pronounced with a long A. And they're from southern Germany, from Aleman. They're Alemans. And I would say that they would say the long A. That's just a guess. I don't know for sure. But uh, check the show notes, and I'll put it in the link after the after I get home and edit all this garbage. I don't know why I was trying to get to the next level. I guess I'm setting goals for myself. I'm having fun. But it seems to be more of a burden than anything else to play this stupid game. And I have to put a I have to put a, net, a limit to it. I have to put an end to it. You know, I could just keep on leveling up, but what's the point? Is, am I really learning anything? Or is it a complex system that I'm taking part in? So my Cambodian scammer guy, this Cambodian scammer guy is trying to get me to invite my friends to invest in his scam system. And he doesn't even realize that he's part of a scam. He has some investment company full of spelling mistakes. He's like, oh, well, they send me checks. It's like, well, that's nice. They send you checks. So complex systems. I mean, how do we know what systems we're part of? And the goals of that system are separate from our goals. That's what he was saying. I think that's one of the big takeaways. Disparity, disparity, the unequalness of goals in systems. Like, what system are you part of? What is its goal? It's like the guy working for the bank all of his life, you know, axing other people, and in the end, getting axed himself. It's like the Egyptian workers who build the pyramid for the pharaoh, and then in the end, they get buried in there with him. Or in the show Sopranos, I put a link to Talking Sopranos, you know, where Tony Soprano's on his deathbed, and in the end, none of the people even care about the guy's wife or him or anyone. You know, he surrounded himself with murderers who don't care about anybody. So I thought of something fun that I could do instead of playing Pokemon Go. I could go to all the vaccination sites and read and collect the information about informed consent and find out what batch number it is, what adverse effects have been reported, and what are the instructions. I mean, I haven't really ever looked into it. But it could be something fun to do. You know, go to the vaccine center and just say, hey, well, what are you actually vaccinating people with? And, uh, hey, well, can I take a copy? Can I, t- can I take this with me to the lab? I want to have it tested, this vaccine that you want to inject me with. Could we get a placebo arm to have them inject into, and then you could get a copy of it, like a fake arm? Or just say, hey, give it to me. I'll inject myself. I want to do a science experiment. I have a copy of this. The um, Albania leaks are quite interesting. I don't know if you guys heard about this. The contracts that they supposedly sent to the government of Albania are quite crazy. The terms and conditions. I said I would talk about the vaccine. Now I'm talking about the vaccine, huh? It's pretty crazy. My shoelace is coming undone. Okay. So I just uh, picked another video to listen to. I'm looking for stuff on microrisal networks. Mycorrhizal, fungus roots, and this guy has something on meta, he calls it meta, metarhizum fungus. And basically, what he's saying is um, that these fungus, there's no-till gardening, which is based on not disturbing the, the fungus networks. I think that's the point. He's saying that phosphorus is delivered, and nitrogen is delivered by the mycorrhizal by the fungus. So if you transplant, if you disturb the soil, if you make major changes to the soil, I guess that could disturb the fungus growing. 
and then you'll lose some of your micronutrients. So that also means that food grown without mycorrhizal networks, let's say in commercial farming, non-organic farming, would be lacking the fungus network. When people say that we're lacking nutrients, we're tilling up everything. Well, maybe it's because we're we're destroying the fungus in the tilling of these commercial farms. And then he said that this metarhizal, metarhizal fungus surrounds the larvae and grubs of these bad um, insects and sucks all the life out of them. It grows their mycelium, I guess, into them. It surrounds them and then eats them. And then it's a great tool for getting rid of bad insects. Well, guys, I really think that we have enough material for today to chew on. I'm going to go back and listen to this complex systems. All right, then. Feed the fungus, 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 fe